Hey, my friends, before I get into this episode of the Inspired Way podcast, I want to let you know um, just some products that I've been using really find a great value in. Uh, many of us are busy. We don't really get a lot of our fruits and vegetables in. And so therefore, it's like we need supplementation. I'm big on supplementation. Some people aren't. And I, I feel like, you know what, I can't eat enough fruits and vegetables in my day. Like, I don't care who you are, but that's a challenge, right? So um, for me, it's like getting good, clean uh, supplementation. And so I have partnered with Live Good, love their products, and they have a mission that is super simple, is to help people get healthy and stay healthy without having to spend a fortune doing it. And when I say without spending a fortune doing it, you've got to check out the prices, unbelievable prices. I haven't found anyone that could beat clean, pure products quite like theirs at their cost. And cost is exactly pretty much what you're getting it at. You're not getting them at these overinflated pricing. Uh, their prices are ridiculous, especially with inflation today and the cost of food. Uh, man, these products are amazing. With over 92% of, of Americans deficient in one or more vitamins and minerals, most people are not even getting everything in their body that needs uh, that they need from food. The longer your body goes without the nutrients it needs to stay healthy, you don't digest food properly, your organs fail to function at peak levels, and your immune system breaks down. Many of us catch colds, probably because our immune system's not kept up. But you know what? All of which can be avoided through proper supplementation. So if you're interested, check out LiveGood at livegood.com forward slash Tim Douglas and check out their products. You'll enjoy it. You know what? A 30-day money-back guarantee as well. And if you want more information about this, check out episode 107 with Lisa and Ryan Goodkin. I had them on my podcast and they go through each of their products. Amazing stuff. Check it out. All right. On to this episode of the Inspired Way Podcast. Welcome to the Inspired Way Podcast. This show is designed to inspire and empower you to face the daily storms of life with passion, strength, and courage. We believe that we can be transformed by the testing of these storms, growing stronger, not wavering in our faith, and a knowing that our endurance will be strengthened. And when it is all said and done, we'll be perfect and complete, body, soul, and spirit. For we seek to control the controllables and nothing more. Our goal with this show and company is to keep a posture of learning by renewing our minds daily and taking action on what we have learned so that when the storms of life come our way, we are ready to face the storm. We, 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 we are ready to face the storm. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Inspired Way podcast. I am your host, Tim Douglas. And here we are a uh, week after Valentine's Day. Uh, the last episode, we talked about love. We talked about uh, really... Uh, Love is the greatest and all these different things. But before I get into all that, I just want to touch base. Um, I'll do a little quick recap and then we'll jump into the episode. But before I do all that, I just want to kind of update you on a few things as to um, how things have been going. It's been a good week. Hope you had a great week. Um, last week, I upped my training as I think I might have mentioned that on the last episode. But this week, I kind of dialed it um, down just slightly uh, just wanted to test some things out and then so kind of building up and then now I'm kind of bringing it back down to build back up to another kind of level, so to speak, before April 1st when I uh, go for this, uh, the mission, what I'm calling Mission 5150 
Um, and is the 50 miler and why do I call it mission 5150? Um, there is a little, <laughs> there is a little bit of, of, uh, me in that, right? So obviously I believe in like, hey, let's have a mission in mind. Um, let's complete the mission. Um, there's nothing but mission success in my mind. And so as I go into this and preparing and prepping for the mission, I think about like um, Will Brenham, who's been on this show a couple of times, good friend of mine, 26 year Navy SEAL veteran. Um, many of you know that, hey, um, on my resources page of my website, uh, there's products there, Naked Warrior Recovery, great products and love his products. But really what I want to highlight is, is uh, not his products, but some of the lessons that I've learned from him in um, when the, he talking about a mission and talking about preparing for a mission. And so as uh, I, I didn't realize this, I mean, I knew that their workup was extensive, but I didn't realize they do an 18 month workup for a six month deployment. And um, meaning, hey, they have missions that they go out on. And based on those missions, you know, and based on their deployment, what missions they're going to be doing, they do these workups and they do these training and they break everything down and they start at the very basics of basic and they do that until they kind of amp that up and then they'll do another section of it and they'll break that down and then they'll work that up and then they'll break that next one, you know, all these little pieces and they each build upon each other so that when they go down range, it's mission success. And so that's kind of the mindset that I'm taking on this as far as this, what I call mission 5150. And I'll get into the 5150 in just a moment, but I'm taking that approach to my training in that um, I'm breaking my training days down even to like, okay, what am I working on on this outing? So this, this evolution, so to speak, what am I working on? What's my focus point? And so where, you know, one might be just tempo, like let's just go out and run tempo and feel, um, get some leg turnover, so to speak. Um, but the next one obviously will be much easier and much slower pace where, you know, like uh, I think one outing I had last week was 11 minutes, you know, a little over 11 minute per mile pace for five miles. And then uh, the next outing was um, 15 minute, you know, or a 14 minute mile pace, uh, much slower, much more intentional about, um, in other words, my mindset on those were like, okay, let's go for a certain target heart rate. Um, cause I'm running based off a heart rate and I wear a chest monitor to monitor that on my watch cause it's much more accurate. And so I'm very intentional about not getting, uh, not just running because it feels good, but really slowing myself down and being patient along the journey, along the way of, you know, whether it's the 14 miles, whether it's the 10 mile run that I have or an eight mile, whatever that distance is, being very intentional about, okay, I want to be consistent with my time. I want to be consistent, say, with 14 mile uh, pace per mile, each mile, not just an average. So I'm slow at the beginning, fast at the end, or or vice versa, very fast at the end. And so I slow way down. I don't want that. I want to be very intentional about um, that 14 minutes. And 
uh, say maybe 140 heart rate uh, beat beat per minute um, or 130. I've gone out and I've done runs where it's like, okay, my target is 130. I want to do this slow but efficient and maintain my heart rate. So what does that do? It requires me to think on my breathing, think on slowing things down. And why am I doing that? Because I know um, I've not gone 50 miles before, but I know that it's going to take that. I know that my approach um, on that mission is going to be, okay, um, each evolution, meaning the laps that I do, I've got to have a certain time frame that I'm hitting. And so I believe that regardless of how you think you want to show up, on game day, how you think you want to show up, whether it's for a meeting, whether it's for, um, um, you know, your kids or your, your wife, whatever, what you practice on a daily basis will be how you show up. And so I'm being super intentional about showing up on my training runs, how I want to show up on mission day. And so, um, so the 5150. So I hope that, by the way, real quick, I hope that um, you guys can take something away from that. I, I believe you can, um, but I hope you hear where I'm saying there is like how you practice obviously will be how you train. What are we talking about? Practice here? What are we talking about? Practice? Um, I don't know if you guys remember Allen Iverson, <laughs> but what are we talking about? Practice? Practice? We ain't talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game that I love. and like. Yeah, anyway, you got to go back and just um, – just YouTube or Google uh, practice Allen Iverson. And then uh, I think, um, who was it? Uh, the Rams coach, Vernon, is it Vern? Something like that. Uh, I can't, Vern Miles. I, I can't remember his name. But anyway, uh, Google that. <laughs> you'll uh, you'll get a kick out of it. You'll know what I'm talking about there. So anyway, um, yes, how you practice will be actually how you show up on game day. So um, if you're running fast, uh, and you're not thinking about walking. Um, I had this conversation with one of my neighbors cause he's getting ready to run a, uh, a marathon and we've gone out and done a few laps together. And, um, and he, he's, I see him there. I see him out there training, you know, a lot in the neighborhood. And so I thought, you know, he, he invited me out. So we, we've been, like I said, do, doing a few laps together here and there. Um, and I had this conversation with him about walking. Like I, I intentionally walk because I know that in a 50 miler, there's going to be some time that I walk. And I, you know, I know that if I only trained running, if I only ran and I only ran at a, at a fast pace, when game day comes, when race day comes and if something happens, you know, outside of my control, um, and I'm now forced to walk mentally, I'm going to freak out. Mentally, I would check myself out. If I have to, if I've been training at say 12 minute mile paces and I feel amazing and that sounds maybe slow to some of you, I don't know, but maybe it's, you know, training at 10 minute mile pace. And then all of a sudden something happens and the best I can muster out is an 18 minute mile, you know, then time after time, like 18 minutes, 18, 20 minutes, it's going to, it's going to trip me up. Mentally, I'm going to be, you know, check my, and he even said that he goes, you know what? You're absolutely right. I never even thought about that, but thinking about who, like how I am. Yeah. I would totally, um, 
just check out. I would quit because I would think, why is it worth it? I'm walking. And it's like, no, you complete it, man. Just because you walking, you know, you're walking to complete it doesn't mean you don't complete it. You completed it. Like, so the, the end of the goal is to complete the mission, period. But um, in that though is like, okay, how do I want to complete it? Um, do I just want to go out as fast as I can and then barely make it at the end? No, I want to complete it with um, success, meaning that I had a game plan and I trained just like those Navy SEALs do. They're prepping and they're breaking down every element of that mission, that deployment. I want to do the same. So I'm breaking down each and every element. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. So this will make sense. Um, it might sound like I'm off on a tangent, but this will come back. I'll circle, you know, this will come back around and you'll, in the rest of the episode, you'll hear exactly where I'm going with all that, um, or how you can utilize that. So anyway, um, enough on that. So, uh, that's what I'm doing. So the 5150, why the 5150, why mission 5150? So, um, really honestly, like as I was explaining this to some friends, um, not, not friends who run necessarily, but other friends who don't run, um, everyone, it it was almost, almost as if everyone was saying, that's crazy. That's crazy. You're crazy. Like, there's no way, like you have to be crazy to do 50 miles, you know, on foot. And, um, and I kept thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, you have to be a little bit different, definitely, uh, to go like, Hey, I want to push myself to this, um, potential breaking point. Um, and I say potential because I don't know. Um, I don't know. And that's why I am doing it is because I want to find that breaking point. I want to see where it is. I don't think 50 is it, uh, doesn't mean that I won't be hurting, uh, sacrificing, but, um, you do have to be, I won't say necessarily crazy to do something like that, but you do have to think differently about it. But everybody kept saying, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I thought about it. And one of my favorite bands is Van Halen and 5150 has always kind of been, um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite album. Um, it's definitely uh, one of my favorites, but it's always stuck. The number 5150 always stuck with me. So like, um, you know, my email addresses or, you know, early days of, uh, of, um, what do you call it? Um, like handles, you know, for your social handles, it was 5150, Tim Douglas, 5150 emails, Tim Douglas, 5150 at Gmail that still exists. Um, so you can email me if you want. Uh, so anyway, um, and 5150 uh, for that album was the, they got it from LA. I think it's LA County code for um, mental or mental disturbance or a mental call. Uh, basically there's a, a crazy person or, a, you know, a, a mental situation that needs to be uh, taken care of or something of that effect or nature. So anyway, 5150 is now the mission. So, um, and the other thought I, I thought of was, you know, Ed Milet always talks about the one more, like just, just one more. And um, so, yes, the mission is 50. Um, but how cool would it be to go 51 miles on my 50 uh, for my 50th, even though, um, as you're listening to this, my birthday was two days ago. Um, if you were to listen to this on the release date, uh, my birthday was on the 19th. So I'm not running this on my birthday, but I'm running it, um, for the, for turning 50. So anyway, I'm digressing 
greatly here. So <laughs> get back on track. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's what um, uh, I've been up to this week is just really focusing on intentional uh, aspects of the training, breaking the training down to little details of it, um, even to the point of when um, some outings, my calves, my shins, you know, were just felt like they were going to explode and blow up. And my mind goes instantly to, okay, this is mile 40. This is mile 30. This is mile 28. Whatever the mileage is, wherever um, those gremlins, those monkeys try to come out and jump on me um, and try to chip away at my legs, right, and, and cause pain, um, that is that is the moment when I was like, okay, this is the moment where pain shows up. How are you going to deal with it? Um, all right, let's, let's press forward. Let's just deal with, let's breathe through it. Um, let's not focus on that. Let's focus again on the mission. The mission is to complete the 50 miles. Number one, number two, uh, the, the minute or little mission is to focus on your breathing, to focus on your stride, to focus on your, um, you know, being deliberate, um, as Chad would say, be present, uh, patient, present, and deliberate. So be patient um, because you still have a ways to go. Be present with my breathing. Be present with um, where I currently am, not in the pain. I am out in the middle of a field running, enjoying this. I'm with friends. I'm present with them, not worrying about what's going on with my legs, my feet, my back, whatever. And very deliberate about the words that I speak, the words are my thoughts, uh, making sure that I'm capturing those negative thoughts and I'm pulling forth those positive thoughts and pulling forth the things that, um, uh, you know, that, you know, the image of which I am created in, not in the image of what I feel in the moment. And then um, deliberate about my steps and how my, how I, um, you know, am placing them and not necessarily getting sloppy with things. And so, um, anyway, that is, that's where I'm at right now. That's what's been on my mind the last week, um, as far as training goes. Um, but as far as this episode and really what I want to share for today, that was an episode in and of itself right there. You guys get a bonus, I guess today. So anyway, so, um, in, in, you know, in what I wanted to bring today, uh, was is kind of a continuation. I kind of stopped off early in the last episode because really I just I didn't want to muddy um, the waters or the muddy the message of what I was sharing that day of last week's episode. I should say is just you know I really felt like in the moment um, I was just like yeah that's good you're good don't don't go any further so. Just to kind of wrap this up from last week, uh, let me do a quick um, overview of what we chatted on the last episode, which was talking about love and how sometimes we just use love um, kind of flippantly. And, and are we really truly thinking about how we're using the word love, which was, oh, I love pizza. And then the next sentence, oh, hey, I love you, honey. And oh, I love this place. Oh, I'd love this car. I love these, you know, whatever. And a lot of times we use the word love as possessional or things that we have that we really enjoy. And it just got me thinking about that, you know, just how 
Am I diminishing the word love and really the true meaning of that? And and I'm not saying like every instance in how we use love or the words that we use um, or how we use it, yeah, is is diminishing it or used wrong or incorrectly. Uh, as a matter of fact, my wife and I just last night was, uh, we were out and we were having this conversation and she says, oh, I love, and she paused and she goes, I really like that, <laughs> you know? And so I kind of chuckled and, and I said, well, you know, she, cause she, she listened to the episode and, she, and so we started talking about it and I said, well, it's not that it, it's, it's used wrong or maybe incorrectly. It's just that we're mindful of how we use the word. And and in that instant, it was like, yeah, okay, really like uh, was the was the appropriate answer, not love, you know, for her. And so it's really just a, a, an awareness of how we're using it, you know, and how we're showing up and how we're practicing love to those around us. You know, Bible says that we will be known by our fruit, number one. Number two, that others, the world will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. So are we kind to one another? Are we, you know, seeking our seeking our own? Are we like wanting our own way? Are we getting are we rude with others? Um, even within the body, even within um other believers, are we rude to them? Are we dishonoring to them? So just something to kind of keep in mind. And if you missed that episode, definitely encourage you to go back and um, check it out. Because at the end, you know, I talked about that love really should be our highest goal in everything that we do. And, uh, but that requires practice. That requires us to really dive deep into um, uh, what those verses, verse four through seven, really mean. Uh, you know, which is First Corinthians 13, four through seven. So definitely go back, dive into that and check it out. But this week, I want to kind of continue on and talking about um, guys, I want to talk to you today specifically. Um, this will apply to you uh, ladies that are listening, but I really want to lean into the guys here. And these are, again, just some things that I've picked up and learned over the last, you know, look, these are things that I've known and you've heard me say this on this show that common knowledge isn't always common practice. And so just because we know that love is kind, love is patient, love is not rude, doesn't, you know, blah, 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 doesn't mean that we're, we're practicing those things. And so uh, I want to make sure that I am, I'm practicing the things that I know. I'm not just um, the one who looks in the mirror and then forgets what I even look like when I'm done, right? So I want to make sure that I am a doer of the things that I know in my life that are right. And this is one of those things. Um, and it's really my responsibility as a husband. And looking back, um, part of that break was because I got, again, putting certain things ahead of the things that I said were values in my life. And it's like, well, if, they, if you truly value that, how are you showing up? How are you actually exercising that? How are you practicing those things that you say are important, that you say that are values in your life? How are you actually living that out? And so here we are today wanting, you know, I'm wanting to share those things with you. One of the things that I really um, picked up early in the break 
and really just leaned into it really hard. And I want to do that same for you guys because um, I want the same for you. I want you guys to show up um, really similarly how I've started to show up in my marriage and in my life. So let's dive into this a little bit. Um, But first, I want to read this quote. I don't even know who said this, but it's wicked cool. So listen to it real closely. It says, we've learned to accept a cultural love of comfort and convenience rather than a cruciform love grounded in covenant. I'll read that again. We've learned to accept a cultural love of comfort and and convenience rather than a cruciform love grounded in covenant. And when we speak of um, our relationship with God, whether like, listen, if you are not a believer, uh, if you haven't accepted uh, Christ, uh, you know, made him your Lord and Savior into your life, um, these truths will still apply to you. You can still, but um, I am specifically speaking to those who have, right, who have this relationship with God. And it is a covenant relationship, not a contractual relationship. A contractual relationship, meaning that we have a contract to do this, uh, to be in relationship with one another, means that, hey, you do these things, I'll do these things, and if we all meet these terms, we're good. However, if you don't meet this end of your bargain, you know, or if you don't live up to this side of your contract, I have an out. I have a way to end my agreement with you. And a covenant is very different. A covenant says that regardless of what you do, I will do this. Regardless of how you show up, I'll still do this to you. And so, or for you, I should say, you know, not necessarily to you. That sounds funny. Um, like I'm going to, no. Uh, anyway, uh, so, but, you know, but it's true. Like that is our relationship with God, regardless of what we do, regardless of how we you know, we act, whether we don't show kindness, whether we don't show, um, you know, joy in our life, even though there's joy within us and we just don't stir that up and, and allow it to come out, He still loves us. He still shows up for us. He's still there for us. And the same is true in our marriage. And that's kind of really what I want to lean into today is like, in a marriage, we're in a not in a contractual agreement. We're in a covenant agreement, a covenant agreement with with witnesses and with you know God is our witness. And so, I wanted to kind of you know talk about that today, as far as that, because honestly, I mean, I got I got to a place to where um, before that break where. I was kind of frustrated, and I think I talked about it in the last episode, or maybe it was the first one, you know, where, you know, I was just, I was kind of frustrated. We get there, we, you know, it happens. And I was frustrated because, you know, it was like, man, I, I, you know, I want this or I want that and seeking my own, right? Here I am seeking my own instead of what is the best for my wife? What is the best for um, my spouse? And so I was actually allowing these other things to creep in as 
as things that were kind of very divisive, um, right? So, um, and I'm not going to get into it right now, but I do want to talk about this later down the road. And that is we're either moving towards oneness or we're drifting apart. And that could be in our relationship with each other or our relationship with God or in anything, any, any other, excuse me, relationship. So, um, but in this particular episode, I want to talk about love and respect and what that really looks like in a contractual, excuse me, <laughs> a non-contractual, a covenant relationship. Might need to just clip that part out. That was terrible. <laughs> but anyway, but in seriousness, like, no, in a covenant relationship, not a contraction, uh, contractual. That's tongue twisters. Goodness gracious. So anyway, um, part of uh, what I'm going to read today is a snippet from a devotional. It's actually a book uh, from one of my favorite authors in this space, which is Dr. Emerson Egrich. And uh, he wrote a book years ago called Love and Respect. And my wife and I, again, we went through this. We taught this. We, uh, When I say taught this, we did small groups with this, took couples through this whole thing. Um, And it's funny because, again, common knowledge isn't always common practice, or you fall out of practice. And a lot of times we have to stay in practice to stay sharp, to stay on top of things. And so one of those things is I didn't do that. Um, And so I wanted to kind of lean back into that. So I started to read more back into this love and respect and Before I hop into this excerpt, let me read uh, what this is based on, which is Ephesians 5, 25 through 29 and 33, which says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, um, she will be a holy, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No, uh, excuse me, no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. So there's so much there that we could unpack in just those few scriptures or verses. And one of the things that I will say is that I learned shortly after my break was that I need to be watering my wife in the word because by me watering, uh, gosh, um, Sorry, that hits just because there's so much truth there, like uh, that just some revelation that just came to, <laughs> you know, yes, I saw this back then, but then reading this back over again and re- going back through this really just brings up some emotion in the fact that when I am washing her with the word, I'm actually cleansing her. I'm making her holy. I'm washing her with his word which then makes her without blemish or wrinkle, right? She's there's without any spot. And what's that saying? That's saying that I'm now seeing her through the word, not without the word. And if I see her the way 
I see her just in the physical realm, just in the natural realm. I see spot. I see blemish. I see weakness. I see the shortcomings. I see the things that she's not living up to. I see the whatever. But as I wash her with the word, it's not only building her up and encouraging her, but it filters how I now view her. It filters my eyes. It keeps her clean. It keeps her clean in the word because now I see her as Christ sees her. I see her in the image that he was cre- that he created her in. And uh, that was not in my nose. That just came up. That was, um, yeah. Uh, so guys, like the more we wash our wives with the word or in the word, what does that mean? It means like um, as I as I read the word, I share that with her. Like this is how I see you. Like when he when it talks about a husband um, finding favor, you know, or a husband who has a wife has favor with, you know, it's like that's I I share it with her. Like, babe, man, you know, the word says that I have favor because I have a wife, you know, and I thank you for that. Or you know, the Proverbs thirty one, you know, woman. Like I read those things to her. Like these are this is you. This is what I see in you. Um, another one is is the Song of Solomon or Song of Psalms uh, by Solomon. Like. If you read that, it's pretty ooey gooey, um, pretty kind of blushy in some regards. Like, holy smokes, that's in the Bible. Like, <laughs> um, but then there's some other stuff in there that's super solid. And and I want to, I'll read some of that in just a moment. But before I get to that, I want to continue so I don't lose track here, because <laughs> um, I can get excited and just kind of keep moving um, down a rabbit trail. So anyway, um, he goes on in verse 33 and he says, "I say it again." Um, Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So, love and respect. Uh, Dr. Egrich uh, does a great job of talking about the crazy cycle. When when I show love, um, she feels, um, excuse me, yeah, when I love my wife, she feels loved, and then therefore she, she gives respect. When I feel respected, I give love. And so it just kind of goes on and on and on and on. So like a, like a cycle, but when she doesn't feel love, she, um, when she doesn't, when I don't give love, she doesn't feel love. So then she doesn't feel, um, she doesn't give respect when I don't feel respected. I don't show love. And I may have butchered that a little bit, but that that's the essence, right? It's like this crazy cycle of like, um, I don't feel, I feel disrespected. So I'm not, I'm going to act unlovingly. Well, now she feels unloved. So she acts disrespectfully. And so that's kind of the, the, the essence of the book of love and respect is like we sh- we're supposed to love and respect each other. So anyway, he goes on. There's another cycle called the rewarded cycle. This here, listen to this. This is, uh, this is the crux of really what I wanted this episode to be. And that is his love blesses regardless of her respect. Her respect blesses regardless of his love. This means no matter what your spouse gives or does not give you, keep loving, keep respecting, keep offering it because it is the life of Christ living in you, showing the example of love and faith. So we could, you can still love regardless of what you're getting in return. That is what we talk about at the beginning of this show, this, this, uh, the opening, the little jingle, you know, with the song, you know, it's like, that is, 
um, controlling the controllables. You can control how you love someone else. You can control how you respect someone else, regardless of what it is in return. Many spouses don't want to offer love or respect if it isn't reciprocated. They figure it's a losing battle. Certainly, it is difficult. (laughs) Certainly. I'm not suggesting that this is an easy task. It is very difficult task to offer an unconditional gift when there's nothing to receive. But there are reasons for us to continue to give and to continue to allow God to work. Don't, this is a great quote uh, from that. It says, don't interpret delay as defeat. Because many times there's this delay and we consider that a defeat. Um, he, he encourages us to continue to wait and persevere. The development of your soul is more important than the earthly timing you adhere to. Isn't that true? Like sometimes we adhere to this timing of like when we want love or when we should feel respected. And it's like, wait a minute here, wait a minute. The development of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? Being able to control, taking thoughts captive and of how you think about your spouse, being able to control your emotions so you don't act out your will, so you don't act out in a certain way. That is more important than the earthly timing that you are adhering to. The unconditional love and the unconditional respect that you show towards your husband or your wife will be rewarded. It might look different than you expect, but God will take care of your heart. And that is the important thing. Allow God to take care of your heart, not you trying to dictate or control someone else's. You know, what you do and how you respond to life situations and marriage matters to God. It absolutely does. Nothing you experience or endure endure will be wasted. So, so I say, you heard me talk about practice, right? Like this has to be a practice. Practice love towards your spouse out of the obedience towards Christ and then see what follows. Practice respect towards your spouse out of obedience towards Christ and see what follows. So, Really practice those things. Start to lean into those things. Practice like, man, I, I, I want this reciprocated, but you know what? Regardless of what happens, I still love her. I still love him. I still want to show up for them. I still want to be my best for them, regardless of what happens. And so it is a, it isn't like I mentioned just a moment ago, it's not an easy task. I get it. I get it. Um, but it is a task that can be done. It is something that we can do. Agape, I talked about that in the last uh, episode. Agape love is that unconditional, selfless desire for the highest good of another. It's it's an unconditional love. It's saying, I selflessly want to see them succeed over me. I want them to do better. And so regardless of, again, not seeking my own, I want to do what's best for them. The Bible says that God is love. So we, if we look back at Ephesians 5, um, it really is a representation of God and how He sees us and how He loves us unconditionally. So um, He continues to show kindness towards us. He continues to show uh, patience, really, towards us, right? In the ultimate sense, your marriage has nothing to do with you or your spouse, 
has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. When you and your spouse finally can um, really internalize this truth, then you can look at one another through the eyes of Christ and feel with the passion of true lovers or as true lovers. And that has been the case for me. Like as I start to wash my wife in the word, as I start to water her, um, you know, it's like a plant, like you have to water it or it's going to die. But as I, as I water her with the word, oh my Lord have mercy. Not only does that encourage her and lift her up and build her up, but then it, it you're talking about that passion, <laughs> you know, that, that unity, that passion, that, that, that love towards her, my gosh, has increased. And it, again, it's, it's because it's done the right way. And common knowledge isn't always common practice. I, I wasn't practicing this. And now as I start to practice that, that's why I want to share this because it's been so, um, again, I told you in uh, two episodes ago when I first came back, launched back, kind of what's new, you know, is this will be a journey. I want to share the journey that I've been on, the journey that I, the things that I've learned, because I want you to grasp these things. I want you to take these things forward as well. I'm looking forward to, um, uh, I had, you know, I've, you guys know that I also do coaching uh, and I've had some folks reach out for some coaching and I'm excited to actually one-on-one work with people in this regard, in this, in this manner. And so um, it's powerful. Um, lastly, I'll, I'll say this, you know, that Egrich puts this out. He says, um, this was powerful. Listen to this. He says, my response to my spouse is my responsibility. Again, control what you can control. He goes on uh, to state that uh, state that in his own marriage, his wife does not cause him to be the way that he is. She reveals the way he is. Ooh, think about that for a moment. Your spouse does not cause you to be the way that you are. They're only revealing it. So to me, it's like those things that I act out on, those are revealing things in me that go, whoa, I don't like that. I need to change that. I need to address that. So a quick question for you and your spouse is, is this, um, my response to you, how is that, what is that revealing in me? And what is it revealing in you? And how can we serve each other? How can we help each other grow in that area? You know, first Timothy four, uh, two forces, uh, set the example in speech and conduct and then love in faith and purity. So we are to set the example as the husband, but wives, sometimes you, maybe if you're a female in here, you got to step up too. Sometimes I get that, but the husband, man, guys, that is our role. Our role is to do this. So lastly, I want to read um, uh, Song of Songs uh, chapter eight, verse six through seven, because uh, this is so, um, so cool how um, this is put. All right. Um, I aroused you under, I mean, sorry, uh, wrong, wrong verse there. Uh, <laughs> it does start that way. Just decent. Anyway, uh, verse six says this, um, place me, um, excuse me. I tripped myself up. I was trying to be funny there. Um, it, the next, the verse above that does start that way. So verse six, so, uh, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm with uh, for love is a strong as strong as death 
its jealousy um, as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters can't quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be uh, would utterly uh, scorn. What this what this is saying here is just a very eloquent way of describing a committed love, um, and and it shows the renewed fervor of love that endures and resolves conflict. So, kind of what I was saying of talking about love and respect. The more I love, regardless of what is reciprocated, regardless of what is. Um, you know, what I'm getting in return, you know, unconditionally, right? Um, if I'm doing acting love unconditionally, um, it will endure and, and it, it works through all these conflicts. The seal that it's talking about here is, or a, or kind of a singlet ring is a, is symbolic of uh, Solomon's commitment to his bride. And then the the jealousy mentioned in verse six is a positive emotion, and it speaks of the accountability shared between him and his his wife. Um, and I think that is so critical. Like the more accountability we have, you know, my wife and I have this weekly review. Like, where did I fall short? Where did I? What? And being open and honest about ourselves. Like, I, you know, what I don't think I I did well this week in this area. And there's some accountability there. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Um, in the week to come. And that commitment um, only helps you become stronger. And really, um, through serious consequences, you know, you know, situations that you have, you, you're going to need that. And once things feel threatened, you know that you've got somebody by your side as your spouse who's there to support you, who, who knows you, who knows your weaknesses, who can say, you know what, I'm here and I cover you. I'm with you. Um, that that about the the wealth really, you know, Solomon was like the wealthiest man to ever live. So like he truly knew the value of love over riches, uh, and and that's what just like it would just be worthless basically for him to show all that. But I love the fact that in these just these short little verses here, you know how true love can never be bought. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you have, what status you have, or whatever. True love isn't based on any of that. It's based on what you've cultivated. And for me, it was like I needed to come cultivate the right things. I need to come cultivate the things that weren't birthed out of my own interest, out of my own way, out of my own um, desires, or whatever. So, anyway. Relationships should be categorized. Your relationship hopefully is based out of commitment, love, accountability. And I hope that this really um, helps some of you guys. I hope that it, 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 it hits you well as far as like where you are. Like maybe there's some things where you need to lean in a little bit more. Maybe, um, you know, that washing piece of, of the word and watering of the word. Dude, man, that, that there... Um, is critical because that the more I pray over my wife or pray with my wife, the more um, that 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 covering happens, the more that I see her differently, and it's it's super powerful. So, anyway, guys, I'm going to jump out of here. Um, 
And I just encourage you really to, to lean into this more, um, read that, uh, li- go back and listen to this again, maybe take some notes and um, where figure out where like your love or uh, what's being revealed in you um, when, you know, things go awry, you know, things aren't, don't go just the way you have planned, you know, it's like, what is it actually revealing in you? And so of how you're responding, you know, are you responding out of agape? Are you unconditionally showing up? Are you continually just showing respect, uh, love and respect, um, regardless of what you get in return? Or is it all based off of what you're getting? Uh, Because the world today is all about what we get. And that is so contractual, like it's not covenant. It's not saying like, regardless of what, you know, what happens here, I'm here for you. Uh, The world wants us to believe that it's all about getting. So with that, um, I'll leave you with that. I hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead and we'll see you next time on the Inspired Way podcast. Hey, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a huge favor and head on over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. That will definitely help us get this message out to more people. Also, if you haven't done so already, let's connect. You can connect with me on my website, timdouglasinspires.com, and or on the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let me know that you listened to the podcast and that's how you found me. Lastly, stay tuned for more to come. And I definitely want to thank you again for subscribing, for sharing, this with your friends, leaving a review, all that good fun stuff. So until next time, go out there, face your storms, make your difference in the world, and we'll see you next time on the Inspired Way podcast. Thank you.